day complaining about the timer. <laughs> the outtakes. We should do an outtake show one time. Yeah. I think our show is outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somebody was asking me, how much structure do you have, or do y'all just pretty much wing it? And they're like, have you met Pollock? <laughs> Not a lot of structure yeah. in his life, no. Yeah. Yeah, someone asked me that, and um, I was like, well, my dad gets all these notes. He's all playing. Like, David just comes in. Like, he just does it. He wings it. <laughs> The, uh, the, that was my biggest struggle when I started with ESPN was they give rundowns and they, okay. just, and you sit in these meetings that are a giant waste of time and you talk about things and I'm like, this is an absolute waste. Like, so I would take the rundowns and throw them away. And, uh, one of the producers that actually liked me, um, he came up to me and was like, listen, I know you don't need that. He said, but you're basically telling people their work isn't important. Yeah, so I learned now and now I take the rundown and I look at it and I act like I'm involved with it. But like, I just, I've always been a big fan of spontaneity. Like you'll never see me at the desk with notes. Like yeah, I just don't, that's impressive. I, I, I to want me, to be, by the way. yeah, but we need to, I, I, I like to be conversational. I also, let's be honest. I work better like that. You should have me read something on air and see how bad it is. You have a monkey could do it better than me. Like literally it's awful. It's not good. It, so. it's, it's fascinating to me, though, how you have, like, you know the names of the running backs for Michigan State or Michigan. You should. Like, Kenneth Walker, like, yeah. Like, but you don't have Blake any Corner, notes. Hassan Hackens. Yeah, be, those are the other two guys. I saw you on PTI the other night, which I love PTI. That's like, that's like my favorite show. And so anytime you're on PTI, I'm thinking, well, Pollock's big time if he's on PTI. Oh, but uh, Those guys but, are awesome. Oh, they're great. So you're just, but they're asking you about Michigan, Michigan State, or whatever the game was. And you're like spouting off like so the, the players' names. Their favorite part about me, and this is why they they tell me all the time. They're like, "We love having you. We love having you." I can, they, yeah, they, you can tell. But their favorite part about me is they send the questions to people before they do them, and I've never they've never sent me the questions because I told them I was like, as long as we're talking football, I'm good. I was like, I, I don't, guess, I don't yeah. need I don't need the questions. I was like, if you're gonna ask me about something political or something like that, I ain't got a clue what's going on with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's why they always. I love that show. I just love Tony and Michael. I love both those guys. They're really cool. But I've gotten more text off of that show from people outside of, like, uh, outside of my people, uh-huh. um, people in the broadcasting business from other realms. Like, you need to do more stuff. Like, this is you need to do more of this stuff. And I was like, well, just do what I'm told. I love it. So, are we rolling? Okay, so we've been rolling. Well, let me let me welcome everybody to another <laughs> episode of Family Goals with Pastor Jay and Davey Pollock. So I like uh, you changed it to Davey Pollock, by the way. You like that? Yeah, you did. No more David. People that yeah. really, people that really, my wife and my friends always know the people that know me really well because they call me Davey. I'm I am way I'm not grown up enough to be David. Like, it's, you know that spending time with well. and then growing up I grew up with David Green and so somebody had to be something different so I was always yeah. Davy. so I grew up with David Pollock and they're like no you didn't yeah <laughs> it's Davy. well we we know that you're not grown up correct I mean, <laughs> hashtag facts only fully aware of and that bro thank goodness you have Lindsay to take care of you and that and that's what I want to talk about in this episode is the vow of marriage the vow of priority the priority of the marriage relationship uh, my wife Jennifer and I went on a marriage retreat last week with a bunch of pastors. There were seventy-two couples, and only pastor invites. Nobody else got to go. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's a special select special. Few. It's more church planning pastors, senior pastors, but we go every year and engage churches. Puts it on, and I absolutely love it because uh, you know we're constantly 
pouring into other people as, as pastors of the church. But yeah. they, hey, once a year, like, hey, we want to pour into you. So we stay at a nice hotel, and, and there's a great speaker, and and you're you're fellowshipping with the other. Uh, that's awesome, know, pastor. So that's good for us. You just gotta get a good, a good, and just focus on the marriage. Yeah. And you got? Have you guys ever been to a marriage conference? Yeah, we went. Uh, the The NFL had them for. Uh, we went in off, a couple off seasons with the NFL. They had them in different places, and one was in Arizona, one was somewhere else that we went and. Same thing, got away for a couple yeah. of weeks and just got poured into, but we get poured into a lot. So I'm thinking we ought to have a marriage conference for the church. Maybe we can go to the beach or something, have a marriage conference. We could, we could probably get some people on that. What do you think, Woj? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Woj said that's a good idea. He doesn't have a mic, but he said that's a let's good idea. Let's do it. So let's, let's talk about the priority of marriage. And I think next to our relationship with Jesus Christ, the relationship with our spouse is the most important relationship. You heard him, right? Say that again. Not, yeah. your, not your kids. Not your kids, not your best friend, but your spouse. That is, that is your number one relationship. We go all the way back to Genesis, the creation story. God says it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And God has had the very first covenant that God establishes is the covenant of marriage. And it is a covenant. Yep. It's a it's a it's not an agreement, it's not a contract. It's a it's it's a covenant between one man and one woman and God for life. It's it's a serious it's a serious deal. And you know in, in the Bible there's all these different covenants. There's the Mosaic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the um uh the marriage covenant. Um Every covenant, there, there is a shedding of blood. To There's a cutting of the covenant to establish this covenant relationship. Of course, on the, on the marriage, now, I don't want to get into too many details here, but uh, <laughs> there, there is Joel, there Joel is and literally, Joel and literally is over there. I just looked at Joel and over there, and he's just shaking his head. Like, seriously, Dad? Well, seriously. him speaking sermons and stuff about me for the past 18 years, it's like I'm, I'm used to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> Head shake, the old, old yeah. man shake, yeah. He's turned out. He's turned out well. He's turned out okay. Yeah. Except for the stash. We'll continue, still, to, still got we'll the continue stash. to harass. I mean, how many weeks are we going to get that? Like that's, yeah. I will leave the podcast right now and go shave it if you need me yeah. to. Would you really? Yeah, I would. You want me to? It's not that creepy. No. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back in like two. If we, if, it's not that creepy. No. I appreciate wanna, that, though. I appreciate yeah. that. Any, anything for you, Davey. <laughs> well, one of the things I, I, I love about the podcast and, and the job is getting to do it with Joel. And Heck, yeah. It's just so much fun. So, so what was so I talking about? You were, you were talking about marriage. Oh, the marriage so, relationship. You know, one thing, covenant. one thing we do in our family that I would recommend people to do, and listen, again, we don't have it all figured out, but we do, and I've said this before, but we do a, we talk about it a lot with our kids of who comes first. Like we talk about a lot, like who's the, the favorite kid, all that stuff always gets mm-hmm. brought up. I'm like, my mo- the most important person in this world to me is your mother. Like we can debate the next two and three, y'all are two and three, mm-hmm. but like she's one. And we, and obviously we can talk it until we're blue in the face, but if we don't model it, if we don't go out of our way to grab mommy's hand and make sure when mommy's saying something, we're listening and we're, we got mommy's back because no matter what she says, I got her back. If she says the most ridiculous, ludicrous idea, and I'm like, what the heck is this woman talking about? To my kids, I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, underneath my breath. And then I'm like, yes, what she said. I mean, 
we've, we've, we've got to show them that. Again, we've talked about it a million times. More is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. If you don't show that, if you don't show that she is the most important person in your life, no matter what happens, when you're in the car with your son, when you're in the car with your daughter and you get a text from mama, like that's the most important thing in your life. Not while you're driving, but like, I'm like, listen, we don't answer text messages because I have to give my kids my phone because otherwise I'll start texting. I'll have a habit of that and I'll give my phone and they know if it's from anybody else, we don't answer it. But if it's from mama, you dang, you dang right. We're going to answer it. So yeah, and really the best thing you can do for your kids is, is to have a strong marriage relationship. And people say, well, it's all about the kids. And I think that's where a lot of families make mistakes is they have these kid-centric families where the, where the kid's the CEO of the family and the kid starts calling the shots from like, from like day one. Nope. But really the best thing you can do for your, for your kids is have a healthy and strong marriage because you're modeling for them what they would want in the future. So we're at this, we're at this marriage retreat and the guy who was speaking he, he's, he was speaking to a bunch of college students and and he used the illustration he said how many of you guys would like to have a marriage like your parents and he thought they would all be like oh yeah we want to but every single one of them was like no we don't want to we don't have a, a marriage like our like our parents hmm. and that really that really hit 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 home with me of did Jennifer and I have the type of marriage that our kids would want to have to speak into that. It's like <laughs> y'all have modeled what it is to like have yeah. a great marriage and something that like I want. It's like we were talking about in the last podcast of how for Leah is like, you're the perfect example of like what she should be looking for. And a husband is like, I look at mom is like, I want someone like that, that like holds me down that like, you know, that calls you out on all those things. That's outstanding. That's great. Well, and, and one of the things that the marriage retreat, we went back and you wrote down your, and he talked about, is your marriage thriving? Is it surviving or is it dying or, or dead? And then yeah. we had to go back and write in our grandparents' names, our parents' names, our siblings. And then we look at those of, did, were, 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 they thriving? are they thriving? Are they surviving or, or, or are they dying? And, and the fortunate thing with, with Jennifer and I both is, is we didn't have, we've had no divorce. Like none of our grandparents are divorced. None of our parents are like, they, they have good, they've, and that's made an impact on us. Yeah. And so, um, but we want to have thri- we want to have thriving marriages. And I think keeping the the priority of the spouse first and foremost. And so, um, if and there's if, and if you're just newly married, it's easy now. Or when you're when you have kids, <laughs> it will become harder. it gets it gets more and more challenging, it will become, and more it will and more become complicated. A huge challenge. Yep. Yeah. And so the, so the Bible says that as husbands or as, or as men, we're to lay our lives, we're to die for two things. We're not to die for our careers. We're not to die for our hobbies. We're not to die for our friends. We're to die for Christ. We're to lay our lives down for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're to, we're to die for our wives. Yep. Like we are to lay our lives down. We're to surrender and sacrifice everything. I mean, it's like complete surrender. Like Ephesians says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, that, that's, it doesn't get bigger. <laughs> it's, it's hard to put it any, any clearer than that. It's the priority of the relationship. So, so if your career, your job is hindering your marriage, find a new job. Like if, if, you're, if your hobbies are hindering your marriage, find some new hobbies. If your friends... 
are hindering your marriage, find some new friends. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you think to some of those statements? Um, I think um, if, you want, if you want a bad marriage, hang out with people that have a bad marriage. I think that'll help you. That'll help you because you you are what we talked about. You are the average of the most the five people you spend the most time with. You spend the time with five bad marriages and people that talk to their you know bride some kind of way. You, you start to adopt that, whether you like it or not. It'll start to become a part of your thought process of, well, why is she not doing this? Why is she not doing that? You start complaining. You start bickering. So. You know, I, I think you get you definitely who you hang out with defines a lot of who you're if you're gonna have a good marriage. You know, I think the the job part, I think a lot of people go, Hold up, bro. I think I think that you had them with hobbies, but I think with the jobs, like, wait a minute, this is how I make my money. This is how I do my career. Like that that has to come, that has to be a priority sometimes, right, Pastor Jay? Sure, it does. Well, one of there's the a ones, lot of yeah. ways to make money, bro. There's a, I mean, I, I have talks with a couple of my buddies all the time. And a lot of times it's the same conversation. How much money do you need? And listen, I, I hit a lottery ticket at the age of 22. Like, I, I get it. I mean, I, I don't have, I'm, I'm kind of taken out of the conversation a lot of times because of what I did and what I, but I'm just telling you, I, I try to tell them all the time, how much do you need? Like, your kids, and, and I say it's specific to kids a lot of times, but like, they're going to be gone before you can blink. And in a couple years, they're in high school. And like right now, Nicholas is eighth grade. He's in middle school. He made the middle school basketball team. He's after school this week every day until 7.30. Like that's crazy. That's nuts. I'm used to him being home from school and he's mine. And I get to chill with him. I get to kick it with him. No, like he's, that time's gone and I can't get it back. So yeah, you got to make money. But if that's, I, I also have another buddy who, his job has completely changed his personality, has changed the way he parents, has changed the, the amount of time he has for anything. It, the job weighs on him so much that it made him miserable. Like, so if these are things that you're looking at in your job and it's keeping you away from your wife and it's keeping you away from your kids and it's putting you in a spot where mentally you're miserable and you're not, like, you're not taking joy out of life, like, it might be the best job in the world. Is your happiness worth more? Like, is your, is your bride worth more? I, I, those, are, those are tough questions, man. And I'm not saying they're easy. And I'm not saying you go out and you quit your job today. And like, that's not what I'm asking you to do. But you do need to weigh those priorities of what's important to you and how you're going to work that into your schedule. Because those things aren't, those things aren't, those things are the most important. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to values. I mean, what's, you know, if, if the job that you have is hindering your marriage or it's hindering your relationship with your kids, then, then what's, like you said, you, you can find a new job. You can change your lifestyle. We can downsize. We can downsize. I think that's hard for things. people. To, I think, I don't, I think that's easy to say. It's not easy to do. Yeah. But I think that it goes back to convictions and values and what's most important and keep, keeping the marriage as a priority. <laughs> keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep it, keep it what it is. Now, listen, so these are the, this is the vow that most of us made on our wedding day. I, Jonathan, take you, Jennifer, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, (laughs) in sickness and in health, till death do us part. Jonathan, will you take Jennifer to be your wife? 
Will you love, cherish, and honor her, forsaking all others, keeping yourself only to her as long as you both shall live? This is some serious vow of priority. And then when I, when I gave her the ring, I said, I pledge my life, I pledge my love, I pledge my all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is, that is a serious vow of priority and vow of commitment. And nowadays we quit easier than ever. You say those words, but they don't, they don't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is strong. I mean, you, when you think about it like that, it does, it does kind of change the way you, you, I mean, when I, when I was 18 years old or 19 years old and saying that I didn't, it didn't have as much. How old, were, as it how old were you when y'all got married? Let's see. Ah, well, Lindsay was, Lindsay was 18. I was 21. Yeah. So now you guys, which I had the honor of being a part of, y'all had a wedding vow renewal. Every pastor was taken. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Looked around. I couldn't find one. <laughs> Tried chaplains, team chaplain at George, everybody. Just I wasn't your first, your <laughs> first option. Joe one took pictures. Yeah, Joel did a great job. I was there. Did a great job. Hopefully, my yeah. mom's not listening to the podcast, but Joel's pictures were a lot better than my mother's. <laughs> Dude, that was a struggle. Oh, that was, sh- that was a struggle. I'm sure battling battling Davy's mom. You to, don't. To I tell pictures. you what. You don't want Kelly you don't, Pollock. You yeah. don't want that smoke. No, that that. No. You don't want that smoke. No, I, that's legendary. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you were so. You, so you why the did so why did you? I know you reached out to me and and we set up this vow renewal and it was secret. You know, like uh, you're surprising Lindsay with it. Why did you feel the need to do that? And what was, what was your purpose in doing, doing that? Because those words you just read, I didn't get it. I didn't get it until I didn't get until several years ago until I started having kids till we started growing together more and more. And I just, you know, I I don't know. I, I didn't get it until later on. And I mean, still, it gives me back, gives me tears in my eyes right now, just because I mean, the things you go through and those things that you experience is just, it means so much more the older you get. The harder things you go through, the the more it means. And I just, I didn't, I didn't realize how fortunate I was. I didn't realize how blessed I was to find somebody like that. And so, yeah, I didn't know a global camp pandemic was going to hit the next year, but I knew if I, if I did it at 15, Lindsay would have her antennas up because it'd be 15 and I'd be doing something special. So on our 14th anniversary, I planned the whole thing. And she's the, she's Monica from friends. Like she's, <laughs> we walk in the house and there's a big board with everybody's color coordinated events for the day for the whole month. Like there's a counter when you walk in this, it's, it's aggressive. Um, it's awesome. So it was, it was uh, <laughs> so, so the vow renewal was, it was outdoors. It was very special. I mean, I know she was probably shocked when it was all happening, but oh, kind, of, yeah. kind of looking back on it, did, was it a, as meaningful as, as you wanted it to be. Yeah. And, and I mean, I got to, you know, and you were there for this too, all, you and Joel and both, but I got to say my vows and obviously I was crying cause that's me and that's who I am. But I got to say them in front of my kids, which I really, really liked, you know, I got to tell them, I got to tell my daughter and my son how much she means to me. And so it was another opportunity to, it was another opportunity to show her, show mm-hmm. them who's first, you know, to show them who's most important. And you know, I, I try to take advantage of as many opportunities as I can, but you know, the planning of it, my wife's being the planner and surprising her was incredibly difficult and involved. You had a lot of help. A lot of help. You had some good friends that were helping. Oh, between, you know, Megan Clark and Brittany Wardlow and Martina, you know, those, her three, you know, a couple of Mm -hmm. April Mashburn, a bunch of her friends helping out. Like 
it would have been impossible picking out dresses and multiple sizes, multiple dresses, whatever one fit. But, but that's, that's what it was yeah. about. And another thing for me too was it was so cool because we did a new wedding photo and my kids are in it mm-hmm. and my, uh, my real friends are in it. And I don't, and I don't mean that I got a lot of great friends that when I got married and, and like David Green and Russ Tanner, th- those were two of the best people God surrounded me with in college. But man, the friends I have now, I've grown up with, like, I didn't grow up with them. Like in college, I just did college and played sports. But like now, I mean, I deal and with those guys were at the reception. Yeah. Right? But I, I, but I, night. but I deal with now with like grown people stuff mm-hmm. with the, like I've been through some sorry situations with my buddies now and had to lean on them and I do small group with them. And yeah, I'm not minimizing my friendships, but with, from in the past, but like my friendships now over the last 15 years with my bride are different. Like mm-hmm. it looks different. I, I hang out with people that I never thought I would have hang out with, hung out with. Like in a million years, if you'd have told me when I was in college, I was hanging out with certain people, you'd have been like, nah, it's not your style. Like, but my most important thing from a friend and like who I'm going to choose to do life with is their heart. Like, I don't care how tall, I don't care their hobbies anymore. It used to be hobby related. Like you used to hang out with people because of hobbies. I hang out with people because of their heart. Like, do I know exactly where your heart is and who you are and what you are and what's important to you? And if I do, then man, we, 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 we can do whatever. Like we, I don't care what it is anymore. You used to have to fall in my couple boxes. Yeah. Now it's like, nah, like what? I don't, I don't care as long as I'm doing it with those people that I know love the Lord that are going to like be a great example for my kids. They're going to speak the way I want them to speak that are, that are cheering for me and my wife's marriage. Like they, mm-hmm. They want my, me and my wife's marriage to succeed. Like they want that badly. It's a priority yeah. to them. So, so marriage is the first covenant established by God. And what's close to the heart of God, we have an enemy. We have, we have a very real enemy in the form of Satan. And so Satan is going to, de- to attack and destroy something that is close to the heart of God. And so if you think about marriage as the first covenant, Satan's going to attack that. It says that in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal Steal. and kill and destroy. So so we talked about this earlier, that it's it's sad that so many marriages are are ending in divorce. But we have an enemy that's attacking our marriages and wanting to destroy our marriages. So how do we protect our marriages? Like, what, what are some things we can do? So what have you in your best guard? How long have you been married? 26 years. So what's your best guardrails you've put up? What's the best things you've done? We, we've put up a lot of, a lot of guardrails. Um, Jennifer's my best friend. That's, that's who, who I do life with. And I am honored that we get to, to pastor together. Um, we were joking about this at the, at the marriage conference because in a lot of churches, you don't call the wife pastor. You know, you have like the the husband's the pastor and the, the wife's, well, she's the pastor's wife. wife. Yeah. But the, the reality is no matter what denomination or background you're in, like we're in this together. Like we're both pastors and she's as committed, if not more committed <laughs> to the church uh, than I am. And so I think for us, like going to marriage conferences, and focusing on the marriage, uh, we do date we do date nights or, or date date. You know, we go to lunch together, just the two of us. Uh, we'll go on vacation together without the kids, just the two of us. Uh, we have all kind of guidelines. Like I don't I don't ever put myself in a where I'm alone with someone of the opposite sex. If I text 
someone else on our staff or I'm texting another a female, I'll add Jennifer in the text or I add that person's husband or I add somebody. Like I'm not one-on-one texting anyone. See, I, I, I um, think that is people, – people are going to hear that and people will gloss over that. And I just – I can't emphasize enough how important that is because text, you don't understand the tone of voices. You don't always know – you know, you can send so many gifts and emojis now that can kind of change that. But like, I, I know personally, like we've had, we've had a struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Like you better make sure you guard that. Like, and it's just, a, it's, it's as simple for me as literally, if I get a text from one of Lindsay's friends, I just, I just throw their husband on there. I throw Lindsay on there and it's not hard. Like it's not a hard response, but it's not that you're doing anything wrong, but it could lead to something mm-hmm. wrong. Like you're going to, there's going to be temptations in life and all, every guy that's listening to this knows they look at girls a certain way and that is a fact and you're not going to change my mind. All of us, we're going to feel some kind of way and a lot of times it ain't good. And the more, you know, and it doesn't matter what circumstance it is, just make it clear. And it's not that big of a deal to just put a husband on there, Mm -hmm. to put a spouse on there. Like it's not, it's amazing how that could lead fast and I bet you've counseled tons of people that, it was a simple text message and then you never know down the road what it turns into. And it's just an easy way to put some guardrails up and protect your marriage. Yeah. I, I think another thing, of course, protecting the marriage with, with the guardrails, spending, spending time together, but I think also not over committing because a lot of the arguments that husbands and wives get in or the conflict that husbands and wives get in is because we're tired. So no. we're tired. We're worn out. Uh, we had X, Y, and Z all day long. I guess yeah, we had all yeah. this going on, or we we were up late, or I, you know. Was, and so, uh, some of us just, just we're just tired. And so, I think protecting your schedule and not over over committing and not trying to do too much, but but having having some downtime, having having some bounce back time. What about when you get? What about when your wife? You know, what about when you get in an argument or it starts getting heated? Do you have a way to diffuse it? Or what about when you're going back and forth and it could lead to something? Or Well, know? there's a couple of things. One is, is I try to apply the principle of, of always be the first to say you're sorry. Like the goal is not to win the argument. The goal is to, to keep this relationship. And so you that's, have to that's eat, hard. eat humble pie and say, I'm sorry. I always try to be the first to say I'm sorry. And the second thing we apply is, is Ephesians 4 says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So we're not going to go to bed at night. Unless you've talked about unless it. Unless we've talked about it and worked. So we might be. No matter how late. <laughs> no matter how late. We might be up till 3 in the morning. But we're, we're going to get this resolved before we go to bed. Because we don't want to give the devil a foothold. See, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that are very, well, I'm not observant. A lot of times, like I, you'd be amazed at how unobservant I am because I don't pay attention to a lot of things. I just pay attention to a couple things. Um, and so a lot of times I don't realize that I've already done something in the past and then I'm, you know, now something little becomes something bigger. Um, but I think, uh, I think the apology thing is, is really important because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, in the end, it really, it really doesn't like, I, I don't, doesn't matter who said sorry. It doesn't matter who started it. And some of the things, I, one thing I'd recommend too is whatever it is you're going through that you feel like is a big deal, 
and you feel like it's something that's she's doing this, she's doing that, you'd be amazed if you just call somebody and talk to them and say it out loud and hear it out loud. A lot of times you've made a big deal out of something that's really stupid. I mean, I don't, I don't know if y'all have ever done that or not, yeah. but a lot of times, I mean, I called you the other day and I was talking about something in Venton and I was just like, I was listening to myself say it and I'm like, so that's really what you're upset about? Like, that's what you're, that's what you're choosing to, that's where you're choosing to plant your flag right here. Like yeah. that's, let's, let's pick and choose our battles, our battles wisely. But I, I know I've been around a bunch of people. I just, I can't emphasize enough. If, 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 if the people you're hanging with don't take care of their marriages and that's not important to them, your marriage aren't, isn't important to them either. Like, that's not, you got to be around healthy marriages. You got to be around healthy people that will shoot you completely straight and tell you X, Y, and Z, not, not because of, not to defend you, not to be your friend, but man, I definitely, I think being honest and saying sorry is a good start no matter what, yeah. even if you don't even feel like you need to. Joe, and what do you, so we've been talking about the vow of marriage, priority of marriage, any, yeah. any recap or what do you, what are your thoughts on what we've been talking um, about? I guess right off the bat, right what we just talked about is I love that it's not the goal to win the argument, but it's like to rekindle and fix that relationship. Like it doesn't matter who started it. doesn't matter any of that. So it's like, I'm not married. So it's like, I'm just taking like a whole bunch of notes on what y'all have talked about. But I think one of the coolest things for me or biggest things is mom and dad are a team and it's not like in a lot of, in a lot of marriages, y'all have probably seen this is like the kid rules the marriage. He's the CEO and he can get on mom's side or dad's side and then they're against each other. So I think that's the biggest thing is like mom and dad are a team. They parent together. They do everything together. They make those decisions. They're on the same page. They answer the questions the same. Yeah. Like you, you can't, if you watch the kids that know how to go and talk to one parent and then come back to the other one, you're like, <laughs> Hey, yeah. mom said I can. And I've tried to do that. I've Bro, tried to do he that. He just in plays the you so bad. But if yeah. you, if you're on the same page, I'm like, I'm always, my, my response is always, what did your mom say? Like, and then, you know, you try to figure out what she said. So they know, like, listen, we're, we're going to communicate and we're going to decide like, and I got your mom's back. I, I think that's, I think you're right. You just got to show them you're on the same team. Same team. One of the one of the things I love about this marriage retreat we, we were on is, is the speaker talked about the power of us. And when you get married, it's, it's no longer me, you. It's it's us. And and he he was a he was a pretty funny guy and he's into the NBA and, and he said that, you know, when they're watching a game, his wife got into the NBA. Nice. And now it's like it's us. Like we we are Let's go. NBA fans. Who's their team? Uh I can't remember. Oh, Brooklyn. He, he's from Ness. Brooklyn. Yeah, oh, Brooklyn fair weather. So, uh, of course you got into it because you got but he KD lives in Brooklyn. He's <laughs> Irie in Brooklyn. and James Harden. And- but it's like Jennifer, like my wife Jennifer, like she's an LSU fan. Like she's jumped on like LSU. It's like, well, you know, we can only pray for her. Well, it's, it's a down year. Let me, let me just give a special shout out to Coach O. We love you, Coach R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ay, ay. So... We'll wrap, we'll wrap this one up. I think that the takeaway is whatever you got to do, make marriage your priority. That's your number one relationship. Set the boundaries. Let your kids know set that. Set the guidelines. Let the kids know that. Because look, the kids are going to come and go. Yeah. Like the kids, I mean, they're, they're going to be gone. They're going to be gone. That's what I tell my kids. She was here before you and she going to be here after you. Yeah. Like, you ain't going to be here forever. I, no, I will kick you out. I promise you. You ain't going to be here forever. And that in the mar- the husband wife relationship 
is the illustration of Christ and his bride, the church. And so as we're modeling that, we're modeling that relationship with God for our kids. So good stuff today. I think, I think we were getting, we were getting into it today. Getting a little uh, lengthier with our podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see our feedback. You can read yeah, we'll, some of our we'll feedback. See, we'll see, again. What the feedback see what they say. Is, so. Shut up. I think they're going to say less Jolin. Too much <laughs> I was Jolin. thinking the exact same thing. That, I was thinking the same thing. Too much Jolin. Jolin had too one of his friends words. wanting some more Jolin. Did he? Well, he got it. He got the last yeah. two shows, if you've been listening. Hey, thanks for joining yeah. us for another episode of Family Goals with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. <laughs>